Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Mario and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate it. Today we've got a great Saturday show lined up for you. We've got some in case you missed it news and we're going to dive a little bit into Zach Brown and the whole Afatari thing. But first, with me, as always, is a person who's so talented she can make soap and bubbles look cinematic. This is the 10th podcast episode this week that we've recorded and... I think she still puts up with me. She's beauty. She's grace. She's Miss United <laughs> States. It is my be- the best co-host in the world, Tasha. Hi, Mario. <laughs> Hi, Tasha. Not beauty so, and so, grace. Yeah. So does that does that make sense why I asked you the Miss Congeniality question? Yeah, I was like, well, I thought yeah, you were going to like okay. quiz me on the movie. And I was like, no, man. I would never. Yeah. I would never. I don't know enough of that movie. What's your favorite date? Oh. <laughs> What's your favorite Ab- date? April 28th, because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. You can just wear a light jacket. <laughs> wow. I asked you if you watched it, not if you knew it. Freaking Like, come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have to dive into the super, super, super important topics that yeah. we're calling Driver Watch. <laughs> First off, mm-hmm. Tasha, would you please congratulate me? This is a big day for me. Okay. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Finally, somebody congratulates me. I now have better hair than Carlos Sainz Jr. And this is a big day for me. It's probably a bigger day for him. I don't know what the... What he was thinking (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Possibly the man cut his beautiful, beautiful hair. What happened? Like, what are you going through? You know what What I'm saying? Like, like, blink twice if you need us to help you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's all like, the that's like the hair care products and the the princess uh, the Disney princess Nasha calls him like that's your whole aura. <laughs> now you could just be anybody. Like if that man walked on the street next to me, if we were in Whole you, Foods together, I wouldn't know who that was. Do you think he shops in Whole Foods? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. This Carlos Sainz with that, that haircut. Knows. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say with that haircut. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. This nobody. And I don't know who this guy is. A regular, regular. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he comes. I hope he comes out and says like, "I cut my hair to like be faster." Cause that'd be mm. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The the weight on my hair equaled point one seconds in a quality lab. Can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> Another uh, driver that we have to talk about is this Lewis Hamilton fellow. Yeah. Would you jump off an airplane? Um, off of an airplane with a parachute on. With a parachute yes. on? Uh, yes, would I you would hope down? I would have a parachute. Yes, I would. I would. <laughs> I'm I'm scared to do it, but I feel like with most things in life, I think the the anticipation of it is always the worst part. And I feel like when you actually just do it, it's not as bad. So that's what I'm hoping will, would happen if I attempted skydiving. And the other that thing I hope happens is that oh, I yeah. land and my parachute opens and, you know. <laughs> no, you, your parachute opens and then you land. Right, not right, land right. The parachute right. Opens. That would suck. <laughs> that Definitely would be funny, wrong but it order, would yeah. suck. <laughs> I can't imagine like the first time you skydive, the mm. process of you arriving at the place mm-hmm. in your car. All right. So from getting out of the car mm-hmm. to the moment that you jump off the plane, right. that must be the most nervous and anxious you'll ever feel I think. yeah i think so too because that's kind of how it feels like when i fly just like not okay. that i'm scared of flying like i enjoy flying 
the act of flying, being in the air, but everything leading up to that, like the packing, being at the airport, being right, it just like gives me so much anxiety just because it's so busy and like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you get on the flight yeah. and then you just like put your headphones in and you're just like listening to music and you're chill, having your ginger ale. Like it's, it's, it's a moment. My like pet, I, My pet peeve, and this, this is really specific, <laughs> but in dating apps, yeah. when, when people put like, I love to travel. Yeah. I always think nobody loves to travel. Yeah, you love going to places. You love right. visiting new places, but nobody <laughs> likes to travel. Yeah. Like, the traveling sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Like even people who are seasoned travelers, like there's an anxiety. There's like a whole, like, it's always yeah. full. I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. I like going to places. I don't like the process of travel. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I think that like with skydiving, I feel like it would be the same. But, yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Yeah, you and I, if we don't skydive before a certain date, you and I are going to skydive. Because, yeah. like, I can't find anyone else who wants to skydive with me. I'll go. It's not as good as Lewis Hamilton skydiving with you, but hey, I'll be Yeah, there. no, he's on a whole other level. Like, him and Tom Cruise just need to get together <laughs> and, like, live out there, like, adrenaline junkie fantasy together, like, off the plane just by himself now. So he's no longer tandem jumping with people. Like, he's just, like, living his best life in there i thought it was cool but it looks so sick and his fit just just mm -hmm. he pulls up like like i pull up to like walk my dog just sneaker right. shorts and a t-shirt i'm just jump jump off the <laughs> he, looks so cool. he looks so cool yeah he does <sighs> i really want this guy um and our third driver on mm -hmm. our driver watch we saw um recently mm -hmm. kelly and max were at a wedding and yeah. the wedding got to the portion where the bride throws the bouquet mm -hmm. and the people in the wedding try to catch the bouquet. Right. Kelly did not catch the bouquet. And one Max Verstappen was really thrilled. <laughs> elated. I was just saying, I was like, I we didn't see him celebrate that hard this like this season. Like he was for any for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> this is bigger than this is like, bigger than his third world championship. No, for real. Like that was just simply lovely. Like Kelly not catching that bouquet. Wow. Wow. That really I Do you was think dying Max Max started hearing the Dutch anthem in his head when she didn't catch it? Like another W for Max. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Kelly's face afterward was funny because they were. She was like, "What are you like? What are you celebrating about? Like, why do you think this?" And I think it's funny too because I think he had just said somewhere that he didn't plan on like yeah. proposing to her anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they were just talking about that. They were literally. It just kind of like cracked that. me up. I was like, "All right, this man is being real dead serious right now." He's like, "We are not getting married <laughs> anytime soon." <laughs> Period. <laughs> I, 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 which guy at some point hasn't done some stupid joke like that and then got caught? I think I'm speaking for myself here. Are you? I did that once. Oh, okay. Wow. It was. Do you want to unpack cool. that or do you want to move on? No, I don't want to unpack that. I want to unpack the Alfa Romeo <laughs> statement on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to read it because it's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Alfa Romeo tweeted, if you think you already know, think again. Serving January 1st, 2024. The statement reads, it seems our recently released team name has been getting a lot of attention. While we are not ready to unveil the final result yet, we're aware of what's at stake. 
Rest assured, we're on a mission to unleash. I, I wasn't going to laugh. <laughs> Rest assured, we're on a mission to unleash the most exciting team identity this team has ever seen. Gone are the days of the short and sweet. We are cooking up a feast. First thing I want to ask you is, I need you to make sense of gone are the days of the short and sweet. Are they implying that their name is short? Right. Alfa Romeo F1 team steak? Right, because currently it's not short. It's definitely not short. Um, Are we going to see the first paragraph? I think name? so. I think they're about to give maybe a haiku. You know, maybe they got the memo from us. And they were like, maybe they actually got a haiku on like us. Yeah, we can. We, didn't we can get make any this poetic. Haikus. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of a lot of um, food references. Um, <laughs> so I am thinking mm-hmm. that. They've hooked up with Guy Fieri. That is my theory. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking Fieri F1. I don't know how to. You have the better one though. Was it uh, Guy Fieri Flavor Town F1? Flavor Town F1 steak. Yeah. Alpha Beta Romeo's Flavor Town Sauber F1 team steak. Yeah, I was Their thinking like mi- you Gordon know Ramsay, Beef Wellington, F1 team. <laughs> <laughs> I would love Gordon Ramsay to be there waiting for me when I get like 19th. And he tells me that my driving skills are raw, uncooked, and terrible. Right. Like, like I would be I would be fine with that. And then just like throws shit across the room. Exactly like, right. Again. Exactly yeah. right. God. I'm just going to throw out a little bit of a... Of a super random thing but like there's this YouTuber called Mr. Beast who's like really popular in the YouTube world and mm-hmm. he has a he has a candy or chocolate that's called Feastables okay. and if this has anything to because they, they ended the thing we're cooking up a feast <laughs> but that'd be insanity like that'd be insanity <laughs> he's got the money for it but it would be insanity yeah um do you think we're cooking up a feast because of steak because Team Steak, are they making fun of themselves? I don't know. Like, that's the thing is that I feel like they're just sort of like saying shit to, to say it. Because to say shit to be relevant? Just to like be in the conversation. And it's like, yeah, because I think there was like a rumor about what the name would actually be. I don't I can't pull up the the tweet for it, but it was kind of long, you know, and it was like, OK, going from Alfa Romeo to this is kind of like whatever. Why not just call yourself Sauber? Why not just call yourself mm-hmm. Sauber? steak f1 whatever um so yeah this just felt like a weird that weird thing that social media from corporate companies do where it's like we're in on the joke ha 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 and it's like okay (laughs) it's like this is weird energy but all right no one asked you for all this just release the name like why are you teasing why are you like what (laughs) imagine they i would respect they come out january 1st and they say the same name that was speculated Right. And like all of the, and all of this was just nah guys you got us you figured yeah. out the name you got yeah, us feel like, feel like you guys are actually right just kidding yeah so I would like to see Valtteri record a man versus food episode okay. maybe have maybe have Joe be in diners dive in and drive and what is it diner drive-ins and dives yeah have you ever, the triple D yeah. oh man I would, mm-hmm. I, I, those are the crossovers we need <laughs> with that we are going to move on to our in case you missed it topics 
We've been looking at the Twitters. We've been looking at what's been happening in F1. And we've gathered some interesting topics that we want to talk about. Um, and later on, we'll talk about our main topic, which is related to the AlphaTauri Red Bull Sack Brown letter. But first off, Tasha, if you will, what is our first, in case you missed the topic? Um, so basically, our first first topic is about Bahrain. Their sovereign wealth fund is actually, it looks like allegedly they're going to be gaining full ownership of McLaren Group, one of the most revered names in British premium manufacturing as part of a long-term plan to secure partnership with the global industry giant. So I thought that was kind of interesting as, you know, we definitely already have, you know, oil teams involved in throughout the sport. Oil, like, oil is deep in it. Yeah, it's not like it's a, a new thing or revelation, but yeah, it is really interesting seeing. Um, you know, the sovereign fund of an entire country with like basically full ownership of mm -hmm. of McLaren Group. So I'm interested to see what that looks like, you know, over time, like what that partnership looks like and what they what the plans are for that. But yeah, I don't know. Do you like have thoughts on on that? I, I find it interesting. Like they the I don't know if I don't know how to say it, like the government or the state sovereign wealth fund or or mm -hmm. however, but they're the same ones who own or operate the Bahrain GP. So now I'm just interested if there's ever been like a group that owns a GP and also a team that right. like drives in the in the league. Um I'm surprised because McLaren has so much history um being an English brand. Mm-hmm. And now changing it completely to be owned by Bahrain is is interesting. That check must have been huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Aramco recently was uh, said to join McLaren. So there is a lot of a lot of movement with regards to. I'm interested because so this is what's interesting. Interesting to me is like oil right now is has their hands on some some teams with regards to being a title sponsor, right? Mm -hmm. So it looks like a progression from I'm part of a team, I'm a title sponsor, now I own the team. Owning, yeah. So it, it makes me think like, is this the playbook for, for oil companies from now on? Like Aramco is going to buy Mercedes one of these days? Like, like I, I'm interested in seeing like, if this is a one-off or if this is going to be like, Right. A track where oil or not oil, but like a whole government basically right. can own a team. Yeah, that would be it, interesting. It would. Yeah, that is. It, it, yeah, like if the United States government owned an imagine? F1 team or a, a group it, like Mercedes. We group pull or up own, yeah. own Haas. Nobody. Yeah. Wants. Oh no. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. To me, yeah, what would that, that look like? What would that partnership look like? I guess it's kind exactly. of what I'm, I'm interested and curious to know. Yeah. Another thing is like, there's a cost cap. So I don't, but like if there, if we were in the times where no cost cap, mm -hmm. then I would think this is huge for McLaren because it means that they basically have like infinite funds. Right. And they'd be able to like jump out, jump out with perf like everything they need. Um, but I guess the cost cap will uh, intervene with that. Um <clears throat> So I've, I'm also interested, we should look into this later, is like, is, do, uh, do other teams have a single shareholder like now McLaren has? Because this government, like the government of Bahrain is officially the single shareholder for McLaren. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. 
But like, I don't think that's like other teams have boards and boards have many people and many people representing different. And then they come together and they own something. But like, this is like straight up just them. So yeah. it, it gives them like creative control. I like. I don't know. Really interesting to see what's going to happen in yeah, the next we'll few months. Yeah, we'll have to look into like, this. Really, we, we will look into it because it's... <laughs> yeah. And, and like, we're, we're honestly, we're not even like sure of all the repercussions and stuff like that. So we obviously need to look into it. But I don't know. Like, I see... I don't know. I really want to mm-hmm. see... Like, does it will it affect anything? Like, is Zach Brown still the guy that like everybody... Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm, so, right? I feel like the, I would... I'm, I would assume that they would probably leave most of the infrastructure i think they're already a partner on the team if i'm not mistaken um yeah. so i think this is just full ownership well and i'm in the team mclaren group so um it's i think they would leave the infrastructure in place i think it's just more i think down the pipeline like what projects and things would they be working on and um you know what technology would they develop will so they move mclaren that uh, would be i don't know i don't know I don't. I don't think so. That would be. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I. Th- I think it's. I think it's interesting to see like. What actually? What this actually means? Like how much control or how much decisions or what actually changes based on this? Mm-hmm. Um. But I agree with you. It's super interesting. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. Um. The next topic that we had was on Fred Vizor. So, we have two th- notes. First off, he. We haven't really heard much at all with regards to Susie Wolf and Total Wolf and the allegations. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guess, like we talked about last time, was that you know if it's in legal stuff, then those those things don't come to light. Um, but the sore basically said, to quote, he was asked if he was concerned about the rift between FIA and F1, mm-hmm. and the sore said, "I think all this story is quite embarrassing for the whole sport." Uh, I'll, the story started with an article in the newspaper. I don't know if a newspaper is the right word. <laughs> Hell yeah, Vasur, that's exactly right. That's not a newspaper. And I think this situation, when you're speaking to the individuals, you have to be careful about what it says. Right. Um, Vasur thought pretty similar things that we thought. Um, the joke of making it like a 24-hour turnaround with regards mm-hmm. to when you start to when you finish. You right. mentioned that as well. Um, we talked about during we talked about that during our podcast. Like nothing gets resolved in twenty four hours, right? And you're talking, you didn't talk to the relevant people about it. Like, so, what are your thoughts on like Fred speaking up? Like, does this tell you that it's <clears throat> such a joke that people feel freely of it to speak about it? Do you think? What are your thoughts in general? I mean, I don't, I don't think I see it as they think it's a joke. I think it's really serious, and I think that what uh, interests me about it is that. You know, typically a lot of the stuff happening in the background, we have no idea about. Um, and so to see a team principal from a team not involved, this is from Ferrari. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, like Fred and Toto, I think, have a good relationship that has some history. But still, like, it's good to see that there's still like an actual, um, like, genuine alliance, I guess, on this issue where... yeah it looks really bad for the FIA to be targeting anybody in Formula One, whether it's Toto Wolf or anybody else, Susie Wolf, um, and then essentially make that public, public like, oh, you know, this is very serious. We're going to investigate this and then turn around in 24 hours and actually say, oh, they're cleared. Like it, it really doesn't look good on the sport. Yeah. You didn't look into anything. Um, But also just 
it kind of feeds the narrative of like you you intended to harm the reputation. And I think if you're going to publicly accuse somebody or publicly um, co-sign something that accuses someone of being essentially a cheater, I think you have to really do your due diligence before you actually publicly speak out, whether it's just to say, hey, we're investigating. I think it looks like, you know, we've rushed to some conclusion. And now that we're getting all this pushback, we're backing off of it. So yeah, I think it was a waste of time to make it public. If you're going to investigate, just investigate and then let us know what that conclusion was, not, hey, we're looking into this because I'm sure there's many things they investigate day in and day out. Exactly. You know, the amount of things we don't, don't know must, yeah. be, must be insane. Yeah. Um, he also said... <laughs> um, I think that he's, and I quote, and I think it was the first conclusion for me that we were all able to act together. It's not very often you see that, which is to your point about there being that yeah. alliance. But in Fred Vasor, <laughs> uh style, he ended with even Red Bull was supported with Toto. We exactly. have to notice that. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like he said really what we were all thinking. Like, right. Absolutely. You see those team, those 10 teams work together and yeah. things look fishy. Yeah, it definitely talks a little bit to like the FIA, FO, um, FIA, FOM kind of rift that, you know, the teams are all kind of in support of each other. And then the FIA is kind of its own, you know, in its own little kind of mm -hmm. um, world as well. So, it, yeah, it just kind of this growing rift that's spilling over publicly. It just kind of looks. I don't know. It I, looks I, really I'm messy. Sure, yeah, it looks it very looks messy. It looks so messy. Yeah. And and Fred Vasor yeah. coming out and speaking about it yeah. makes it messier for the FIA. Makes it better for us. Mm -hmm. Makes it messier for the FIA because like we haven't talked about it. not we but like there hasn't been any evolution to this at all. Right. And this article was released December seventeenth, so it's almost like he's bringing it up when right. people have stopped bringing it up or the mm -hmm. media in general has stopped bringing it up. So it gives a strong rift between the two. Yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that was the thing that Vasur said that made a lot of sense. <laughs> now you tell me if this makes sense. Um, Vasur came out uh, claiming that, I don't, I don't need to read it, but basically saying that they don't have a, a first or a primary Ferrari driver, mm. that he claims that the two receive more than equal treatment. And do you agree? Uh, Would you call it equal? Uh, well, I feel like equally they <laughs> the team dropped the ball on them multiple times. Um, okay, yeah. I feel like equally they both had to take matters into their own hands at times yeah. when they were driving. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like you have, <laughs> it's just like funny hearing that. Cause like we talked about this before as well, where it's like, you know, Charles has like this five-year contract Life extension Lifetime. on the books, Lifetime. on the books. Yeah, basically they're like, you leave whenever you're ready to leave. Whenever like, you're ready, Bob. Whenever you want. Ready. Meanwhile, Carlos is over here having an existential crisis, cutting off all his hair. Cause he doesn't have... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have that same job security, you know, like Tasha, did he offer his hair to Fred? I don't know. To get the contract? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, look, I'll make you the finest hair piece you've the, ever had. That is like a if fine he shows wig. up in the paddock next that would year. Be a fine wig. <laughs> 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 He's 
He's like, look at um, look at the way I'm sacrificing for you. I want this seat so bad. What so, more must I do? Yeah, I feel like maybe on the strategy, yes, but cult like team culture wise, I do feel like Charles kind of emerges as the like the number one driver on the team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I don't know how I, he can say it all he wants that they're treated equally, but like it gives favorite son vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like absolutely. <laughs> Like, and Charles is going to inherit this whole business. <laughs> you need to go Charles, find another job, Carlos. Yeah. Charles, all of this will be yours. Charles. Everything the light touches is yours. Everything the light touches will be yours. <laughs> Carlos Sainz is in the corner like, <laughs> Dad, me. Yeah. Dad, I'm, I'm like your firstborn. What's up? Um, no, and, it, and it, we're, it's jokes, but it's true. Like yeah. Leclerc has a five-year deal right now and it really feels like Leclerc leaves Ferrari when he loses all his hair because he never wins. But right. Signs is literally, there was an article the other day where Signs is like, I hope I have an extension when I start the season on, in crossed. 2024. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but, but no, but no, th- there's no preference. There's no yeah. preference at all. Um, I this is me speculating complete speculation. Right. Uh, Vasor mentioned the, the he mentions me like that they were close in points, mm-hmm. which is absolutely true. Two hundred and six points to two hundred points. Leclerc was in front. I think that's the reason why Vasor can't say it. Like I think mm-hmm. Vasor would would Vasor maybe Ferrari in general would probably prefer like. Yeah, let's say, not let's say, Charles and Sainz scored 400 points total. 412, mm-hmm. 400 points, right? I honestly think Ferrari would prefer 300 for Charles and 100 for Sainz. Like, if that was the situation, then Fred Vassar would probably be like, Charles did so well, da 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 But having those drivers be only six points apart from each other, it's like, mm-hmm. he can't, can't really say anything, even though it's absolutely true that Charles is the preferred one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, when you're a favorite child, you just know you're a favorite child. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're in a family of four. Yeah, I'm the oldest of four. Is there a favorite? I think I'm pretty sure I'm the favorite. Who doesn't love? I'm you? just like so. You know who doesn't love you? God, it's so annoying. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so. Uh, Ferrari doesn't have preferential treatment for any of it no, of their drivers. Yeah, absolutely not. And also, FIA silly for coming at Susie and Total World. Absolutely. What do you have for us next? Um, so from uh, from Autosport, the FIA details tighter rules on F1 right of review requests. So basically, uh, last month it looks like the governing body wants teams to think twice about pursuing reviews by reducing the window available to submit a request and introducing a fee. Which is like wild to me that they're no, the, like. The, you said you said in the pre-show the deposit. Yeah. yeah, you had to pay a deposit. So if you want to challenge something, you need to pay a deposit. Which I, they don't have a, a number. So they're going to set the fee annually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever they whatever they feel like that number should be, and then basically if you don't win the review, they keep the money. Hell but if yeah. it's overturned, they give you your Hell money yeah. back. We're going to dinner, bitch. <laughs> hey, no. And also, thanks for dinner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're hoping to deter people or teams from challenging, uh, you know, rules or whatever that they feel they were wronged. And I, I just feel like that's kind of like 
ethically murky to me. I don't know. Like, we're getting into some weird. (laughs) I don't understand. This is a weird gray area. It it is. And it's like. Yeah. It's it's very similar to the the other change they made to the rules. Like. Checo bat Batmouth, I think the some stewards yeah. saying, and then they the added joke, the yeah. the the thing is not, not like they turned. If you are whatever to so da, 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 it used to be now it's like if you do anything like you can be penalized, and now right. they add this again, this on top of it. These guys, these guys cannot stand being criticized. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you criticize them. It doesn't matter if you show up and you're like, hi, I I love you. I love you so much. I just want you to know that even though I love you with all of my heart and I will never stop watching you, it kind of sucks that this one thing happened. I'm so sorry that right. I'm saying it. Like, that's how you have to approach them for them to be like, maybe we'll consider. But yeah, unless we're not, unless we're just not hearing really rough or or inappropriate stuff towards the mm-hmm. stewards that we are not privy to, I think this is a insane over exaggeration of like to me they look silly they're the ones Mm -hmm. who look like fools because you really are coming off like so sensitive like yeah can't tell me nothing without me being like i can't believe you told me that oh my god right yeah Yeah, i think it's very to me overly sensitive yeah, I think very overly sensitive. And also, like, what does it say when essentially you're you're basically like, in order to challenge something, you need to pay me? Because I feel like the underlying text is like, or, you know, sentiment is that um, what we say is right to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. the way we, we've ruled on this, like, was the correct thing to begin with. And I don't always think that that's the case, right? Like, who if are you, you to challenge? Out, if you zoom out and just describe it like, the the company or the author the uh, there's this authority who mm-hmm. makes rulings and these groups that have to adhere by the rulings right. and to change a ruling there must be an exchange of money right and basically so when when i think of it like from afar it almost it's almost like i'm bribing your ass uh maybe but yeah, it's I like, guess like a bribe or yeah. Like like I'm great. Like I'm. Would you please look at this? And I have to. I don't know. I thought that was their <laughs> job in general. Like, yeah, like you're already you're already getting that's paid. That, isn't that your this? role? Yeah. Like, isn't, isn't your role to to do this kind of shit? Now I have to yeah. pay you to like. You are so. Of- cor- go ahead, go ahead. No, it's crazy. And then I think about like teams like Haas, who you know you had um Gunther multiple times in the past season, kind of criticizing you know, the calls and things that they've made. And then, you know, uh, I think they had challenged something for the standings in yeah. Austin, right? The track yeah. limits. Um, so yeah, like, like I went just, over track limits of, like a billion times and they yeah. wanted to review that and they had video of it happening. Yeah. Right. And so, but then I'm like, okay, well, what if a team like Haas who already doesn't like have tons of money? Cause they're talking about raising the, you know, fees. Let's say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, so, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. If every time that you challenge, you have to pay for it, it does that become a deterrent for teams who are Absolutely. less financially well off? Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then it's like, it's the money thing. So it used to be where a team like Haas mm-hmm. that don't have many points, like if they see that they have a chance to get points through a review, just like yeah. Williams would, just like any backmarker team would, right? they're going to try it. And that is their right. But now you add the financial thing and now 
even if I'm right, even if I'm Haas and I've got mm-hmm. like dead to rights proof, right? I'm thinking like, what if they're in a bad mood today and I give them a million dollars and and they just say no because they're in a bad mood today, right? And I have all this proof, but like I just lost a million dollars and yeah. you and- fucked me over with like whatever whatever I'm complaining about. Exactly. And you also have left less time to do it. So it's like 96 hours. That, I think. Right? Yeah. There's like 96 hours to start this process. And it's like, you know, if you have teams looking over footage or teams looking over the rule book to figure out like, you know, how teams you can... had 14 days before. Yeah. So it's just 14. really interesting. Yeah. It, it, it also, it yeah. literally like these moves just, just reek of like, I don't want to say overly sensitive again, but like insecurity, reeks of insecurity. Yeah. It's it's like, how do you grow as a sport if, if this is the situation? Like if yeah. every time that's like- the governing body is so, yeah. It, they like don't humans. want to be criticized and no one holds the FIA accountable. So there's okay. nothing Ooh. above them. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Again, going back to what we were just talking about with Fred and FIA versus FOM. Like I think this rift, whatever tools are at, their disposal in FAA's case, it's rules and regulations, using it almost to like punish teams or punish, you know, retaliate essentially for them speaking out against FIA and some of the things that they felt have been unfair, which I feel like are fair. Like I think Gunther saying, you know, we should have paid um, stewards who, you know, professional paid stewards. I don't think that's like, saying the people who are currently doing it suck at their job although you know we can there's there could be there are training opportunities there's instances, there are yeah. training opportunities that's a nice way to put it yeah there I, are training I, I, opportunities i learned that yeah. i learned that in my in my adult job <laughs> i learned that in my adult job like yeah. opp- opportunities for growth for growth there yeah are no, exactly there are no problems there are only opportunities to grow yes um <laughs> yes so yeah we have we have some we have some areas where that could be you know, utilized. And yeah. yeah, I just feel like this whole idea of like, well, every time you criticize us, we need to retaliate against that is very childish behavior. And I don't understand how that is becoming of any governing body um, of a sport. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. And to your point, like you said, if they're not being belligerent about it, if they're not being like offensive, calling them names, threatening families, stuff like that, like I feel like saying, oh, the stewards are a joke or this is penalties a joke is fine. It's mild. If there is no disrespect, which we haven't yeah. heard. Yeah. I, like, I think, talking about Checo, like any person who just finished a, dri- a drive, a Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and they say the stewards are a joke, that right. person has so much adrenaline. That person is so tired. That person wants to win so bad. And they hit you with, oh, the stewards are a joke. What's the problem? <laughs> like where's the, tell me where the problem is like that dude like ex driver finishes a race and he's like the steward's kids must be dumb bro relax right. like relax but yeah. the stewards are a joke come on come on like he yeah. like it, in humans that sort of attitude is a sort of attitude that stunts any type of growth learning like like well they're not trying to so that exactly exactly yeah. so like if you extrapolate that to like the FIA the vibe is we are correct. Yeah. And for us to even consider being incorrect, pay me a million, just a right. million, just a quick <laughs> million, you know? And I love that the the last comment is, um, this deposit, in which you, you mentioned it, but I like the last sentence, this deposit may only be returned if the right of review is upheld. 
right. comma, <laughs> unless fairness requires otherwise. These fuckers what? can't define yeah. anything. Right. Nothing. Nothing straightforward. Can be set in Nothing. stone. Yeah. Nothing is a zero or one here. No, no, no. Everything can be up for mis. Everything can be up for yeah. interpretation. And that's like, the issue. What? Nothing is exact. Is black or white. So it's like by them doing stuff like this, it gives them that loophole to have to make- no accountability. Yeah, which is no what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like, how, why am I going to have accountability if I have a loophole for everything? Right. But how are you going to preemptively have a, covering their asses because they know that literally. they're going to be on that bullshit? Yeah. But how are you going to have a fair sport? Like these these Abu Dhabis, these Red Bulls cheating, these accusations are always going to exist because yeah. you haven't defined the fucking rules correctly. Yeah. And it's like, do we hate that Red Bull Horner like will 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 do anything and everything? And be annoying sometimes and, and step on the line and sometimes go over the line. Yes. But if the FIA and governing body do cre- create a rule book that is airtight instead of this yeah. like ambiguous crap, then mm-hmm. there's less chance for these things to happen. Yeah. Damn, we went long on that one. That was, that's not really, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that it was, up because it's yeah. really interesting. That's wild. It's just a wild. It, it's, it's we're on a wild it's ride so with the FIA. I, I'm very curious to see where this ends up because it. I feel like I'm watching like the Marvel Civil War, like start <laughs> yeah. to, the Avengers yeah. Civil Great War start to play out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like we're starting to see the sides kind of take place and whatever. And I just feel like I don't think this is sustainable. So whatever this drama rift, whatever you want to call it, is happening, it's very real because they're obviously coming out swinging on both sides with statements yep. and regulation when changes spilling? yeah and so i i'm just like where where is this going you know is somebody gonna lose their job are we splitting like what are we doing here because i just feel like the sooner we come to some sort of agreement of what this is going to be like we can all move on and you know work toward a better world because <laughs> i wonder if ugly. liberty media yeah. will come out at any point and say some shit maybe like like y'all need to get your house in order please Right. I mean, I think that's where Um, we're heading. Absolutely. So we'll we'll go through the other topics a little pretty quickly. Our next topic is uh, you mentioned that uh, Lawrence. There was some wow, my words. There were (laughs) comments with Mm -hmm. regards to Lawrence Stroll selling Aston Martin. Yeah. And then, long story short, he came out saying that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. He just sold a minority stake and then basically came out saying that it won't happen. You don't, his quote, and I quote, you don't go spending hundreds of millions of pounds building the greatest new Formula One, very Donald Trump, building the greatest new Formula One campus and hiring 400 (laughs) of the greatest employees if you're about to leave the business, Stroll told the New York Times. Um, (laughs) The best F1, the best faculty. (laughs) Right. So much winning. So much winning. Infrastructure week at Aston Martin. (laughs) So much winning, except for the second half of the season. Um, So yeah, no, no Aston Martin being sold. And then um, the last one that we had is with regards to, I don't want to dive into this too much because I want us to maybe do an episode in the future. But Mm -hmm. Theo Porcher is a, Third driver to win F2 and not get a chance for F1. So it's Theo Porcher, Felipe Drogovic, um, 
See, they they mentioned Oscar Piastri as a rookie that wasn't as, as a F2 winner that wasn't able to go into F1, which mm -hmm. is technically true because after he won F2, he took a gap year mm -hmm. and then he joined McLaren. So they include him there. But I would really, I would love us to eventually talk about like how strong is that path from F2 to F1 because it doesn't right. seem like it's that strong. Um But again, like as I don't watch F2, so I don't know if these these drivers are like not that skilled, maybe. As mm. and when I say not that skilled, I mean in comparison to the 20 best drivers, not in general. Mm. Um, but I know that Drogovic yeah. is, is a like a reserve driver for Aston Martin, but I don't know. I maybe I'm incorrect, but like I was I was under the impression that it really was a feeder series, F2 to F1. Right. But Maybe it's just not. Maybe it's just not. Anymore. Maybe it's just not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, th I guess it's just... A, well, I mean, we're looking at such a limited number of seats. And I think even with the amount of talent that exists in other series coming into F1 is just still going to be a challenge. And yeah, I feel like if you're not in it for the long haul, I know like there's been a, a few drivers who have just been like, you know, Uh, test drivers for a few years, mm -hmm. you know, they Forever. were accomplished. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's just hard to get somebody in and out of a seat. And then you've got all the, po you know, politics in the background. You've got, I don't think it's just as straightforward as being a good driver, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. And I do think I, that, you know, it would be better if we saw more recycling or cycling through of, of drivers. But I personally also like seeing fixtures on teams because i do feel mm -hmm. like there is something to having some experience um and and yeah but yeah i don't know I, it's just it's an interesting little conundrum because it's like where do yeah. you go after that you know you win a championship and you're just and then you just what? forever yeah <laughs> you do it you do it again that's yeah. the thing like somebody who wins f2 the i i do know that there's there there are very rare cases where somebody wins f2 and they run it back Mm -hmm. like not many very few drivers have done that and to me it makes, makes a lot of sense because if you win f2 why would you risk it next year to not win f2 because you've bear, you've winning f2 means you're ready for f1 because right. you are the best in f2 but next year you run it back and then you get like six for whatever reason you're mm -hmm. only hurting your stock in that sense um yeah but i guess that's what you know other series and everything uh, are there yeah. for as well Um, for our main topic today, Tasha, <laughs> Zach Brown recently released a letter uh, mm -hmm. talking about the logistics of Red Bull and AlphaTauri. Mm -hmm. um, Red Bull and AlphaTauri are the only teams right now on the grid that have the very specific relationship that they have because yeah. it is a it is two. There are two teams who are owned by the same shareholder group. Um, for those of you that maybe like don't agree with the AlphaTauri Red Bull thing. There's a big difference between like Mercedes and McLaren and Williams relationship. There's a really big difference between Ferrari and Haas relationship in that yeah. one team winning doesn't benefit any other team like it does with AlphaTauri and Red Bull. If AlphaTauri wins and Red Bull loses, shareholders make money. If the vice versa happens, shareholders make money. Um, another thing with that is like I looked up and recently the... It was basically said by the shareholders that AlphaTauri is competing for third and forward. Like they're, they're third mm -hmm. and back. Like they're not competing for first and second because that's what, that's what Red Bull is doing. 
Um, And then this is relevant now because it wasn't a problem before because before there was no cost cap or wind tunnel time. So Mm -hmm. if a team like Mercedes wanted to have more help or more people, they would just hire those people. But now there are restrictions on money and wind tunnel time, which means that now having two teams actually means you have two entries because Red Bull can benefit from research that AlphaTauri makes, that AlphaTauri completes and vice versa. Uh, With all that said, we've been talking about sister teams. We've been talking about this situation for a while. Um, When you, what what were your thoughts when you saw the letter and and your opinion specifically on the verbiage that Zach Brown used or like, yeah, your thoughts on the actual written letter and like the content. Um, so one of the things that I like that he said, there's a couple of things that he said. Um, he mentioned, I'll just say, quote, um, yep. it's an unhealthy situation because it impacts decisions made both on and off the track, whether it's a case of having access to more data, sharing components slash personnel, or even having influence over a strategic vote. It's not in the spirit of the regulations. It's important to stand up for independence, competition, and fairness. And I'd like to see changes in the regulations to ensure that in future they stop influence spreading from one team to another through strategic alliances and especially through ownership. Um for me, like the vote thing stood out specifically because I do know that the Concord Agreement is um, going to be renewed soon. Mm-hmm. I think 2025 or something like that is when it it lapses and then they renegotiate it. So, um, you know, having Red Bull have two votes essentially yep. in any type of a situation uh, like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I feel like it's hard to, it's hard to ignore because we've definitely seen stuff on track where we've been like, okay, that that's interesting that, you know, uh, drivers just move out of the way for the Red Bulls. They, they essentially can't compete with Red Bull, right? But they can be kind of the wingmen. They can kind of help uh, influence outcomes of races or hold people we've, off or whatever. We've joked about we've that AlphaTauri kill switch. Yeah. We've yeah. joked about that kill switch. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the other thing with, with Zach kind of mentioning this is you know, with his own team, this, this letter was basically like a big recap of the year that they had, which was Mm -hmm. an incredible year. Uh, didn't start great, but they ended great. And so seems like they know that they're going to be starting next year, kind of in a similar position. You know, they think that they're going to be a strong team and this is another team that they're gonna have to fight for now. So it's not just Mercedes, Ferrari and Aston. Now it's going to be Alpha Tauri or whatever they end up calling themselves. Racing bulls or whatever. (laughs) Who, you know, potentially have lots of of upgrades and things that would would see them competing. So I think it's more like, you know, there's like a a threat that he, he senses from having another team on the grid with, you know, obviously influences behind the scenes, but also on the grid as well. The performance part of it matters a lot. So it's, it's, I think a little bit, um, yeah, sketchy to have a team that can control two different cars, all four drivers influencing Mm -hmm. who gets to drive, you know, what happens behind the scenes in terms of the business decisions. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you gave a, you gave a fantastic example in the pre-show, um, with Yuki and the investigation. Right. So, yes. Yeah, well, I think it was like Singapore, right? Where mm-hmm. there was supposed to be a, they were supposed to send a representative to the FIA to fight for a penalty or whatever and just never sent anybody. So, 
max and end up that, getting that alone is a, is an example for, yeah. that alone is an example of like even if you try to convince me like this has nothing to do with red bull and alfatari the optics do not allow me to believe you yeah like and it's definitely ahead, deeper than optics i think if somebody like zach brown is this letter is like i said for his team right this is mm-hmm. all we accomplished this year this is what we've done these dr- shouting out his drivers uh, shouting out stuff that had to do with like IndyCar and other areas where they were racing. And then he spends like a large portion of it talking about this, you know, like fairness and anti anti-competitive sort of nature of one team owning two teams. Like I think it's I think it goes beyond optics. Like obviously yeah. we see it on the surface level, but I do again think that there's some stuff happening in the background that kind of is is sending off alarm bells. And he's not the only team principal who has said something either. So this is, but he's the one who said it in a letter, I think, which is interesting. And to reiterate what we talked about earlier, the FIA is so mediocre at being, at creating concrete specific rules that there are no rules written for this kind of thing. And that's another thing that that he was talking about in his, in his, um, in his letter. He's not saying, obviously he wouldn't say it because like the, the heat of saying like rebel needs to sell the team now would be too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, I hope that, never mind. He says something to the lines of FIA needs to create stronger regulations to to prevent any sort of cheating between these two teams. And it's like, they're not going to do that. FIA isn't going to do that. Like the FIA isn't going to create rules that are like we talked about. Uh, they don't create black or white rules. They don't create zero or one rules. Like even if they create some sort of verbiage to like prevent this, Mm-hmm. It's not going to be uh, open and shut like they should be. So yeah, to me, it's just not feasible or not viable. I, you cannot convince me that zero nefarious things are happening from that relationship. And nefarious, yeah. I mean, like cross whatever, like whether they're sharing invest- investigations, information, data, whatever. Like you cannot convince me that they're not doing something like that. Right. And so... The the cost cap made it more complicated because the cost cap means that like I could share the pot with both teams. I think the solution for that should be if you're going to keep the cost cap and we're going to keep the wind tunnel time, then let's sell the team. Yeah, I think the team, I, I don't think they need a second team anyway. I mean, you no. have other people who are interested in, in yes. buying into F1. I think it just doesn't look, it just doesn't look good. I mean, F1 as a whole... Is, has always been described as being run like a boys club yeah. where there's so many gentlemen's agreements and even stuff on the books can be interpreted certain ways if depending on who shakes whose hand, like, you know, so I think in general, Formula One needs to kind of clean that up. Uh, if that's what worked up until now, fine. But people only become more and more curious when they see stuff like this, when they watch a race and it's like, why are you sending somebody out? That's with a car that's clearly, you know, terminal, you know, why are we, Mm -hmm. why are we seeing stuff like that happen? And, oh, now there's a safety car that benefits the sister team, you know, no matter how you try to like spin it as, you know, oh, these are conspiracy theories and these are lie, you know, whatever you, the, you're looking at what you're looking at. You know what I mean? So it's like people are naturally going to come to certain conclusions based off of the fact of like, this is what we're seeing. And this is what we know on the surface level, right. Of, of what's happening behind the scenes. And you have to imagine it's so much more worse than what we're seeing on the surface level. Right. So it's like, I don't, I don't buy for one second that there's nothing being shared between the two teams. 
Um, and with the cost cap, I think, again, Zach Brown kind of called it out for what it is. He called it cheating. And I'm like, that's for me. I'm like, first of all, shout out to Zach Brown. You know, like <laughs> he's the one guy I feel like who says plainly what everybody's thinking. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with calling a spade a spade, especially in a competitive sport. You can't yep. be nice about stuff when your competitors have a clear advantage. Um, and so in F1, obviously, we talk all the time, like, they do anything to win. So another team having a second team, if you really believe that there's nothing going on that would benefit them in one dire flow direction or the other, it's like... I think that's you're being naive, I guess is what I'm trying to Absolutely. say. Like there's there, you you can't so we might not know the nitty-gritty details, but I think we mm. all can like use our use our thinking caps a little bit and and assume a lot of what's happening is happening. Yeah. All that and the new CEO for Alphatari is Peter Bayer, who worked on regulations mm -hmm. and worked in F1 as an executive director. So, um, <laughs> he also worked in the interest Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like... <laughs> I'm saying he worked as an F1 executive director and had a role in the FIA. Right. This is the new, the new CEO of Alphatari. And now, and now the FIA is going to create rules against Alphatari. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, there are regulations on, how many parts a team, not just how many, which parts a team can purchase from another team. That, those are the rules that apply to McLaren, uh, to Mercedes, McLaren, Williams, to Haas mm -hmm. and Ferrari. But there are no rules and regulations or checks to stuff like R&D and data sharing. So mm -hmm. if it happens, it happens. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. It, it can just happen. What yeah. the AlphaTauri looks like the RB19? No, that's crazy. Right. Coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> just um, like a coincidence. Yeah. AlphaTauri, and and this is this is this is not this, it, most teams in F1 are located in the UK. Um, AlphaTauri has been located in Faenza, Italy, for basically all its all its history with Minardi. Um, and now they're starting to move closer to the U, not closer to the UK, uh, mm. part of the business. So it looks like most of the business is going to be in the UK and then they're going to keep a small office in Italy. Right. And so people are, are interested in this because yes, most teams are in the UK, but if Alvatari and Red Bull had to share anything between themselves, between them, uh, you would have to, a plane is required. Yeah. Like a plane was always required. Uh, yeah. Now they're a two-hour drive away from each other, so you know. Yeah. If you look at it from like, yeah, but all teams are all F1 teams are in the UK. Then cool, okay. But them being closer and making it easier to share parts and data, mm -hmm. optics, kind of bad. Yeah. Kind of bad. Um, and then you have the FIA saying like, um, yeah, we're. I don't even know where they landed on, but I think they landed on we call them before we check on them for teams. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no surprise checks in the factories or anything. And that's crazy. That's crazy. What do you mean? Is there a, what do you mean? That when they, when the FIA does, the FIA does random investigations into mm -hmm. the teams, it's like they'll, sh the, they'll show up at the factory and they'll check a list of things that have to Got be it. checked. And right. I, 
I'm honestly not 100% sure because I thought that they said that we were going to drop in, but we called them before. And I think that's where they landed was like that they called them before they go check anything, which is like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you call them to check? What do you mean? Not only not only call them to check up, they say exactly what they're going to go check. Mm. This is so, so bad. It's so bogus. Bad. It's bogus. Just write some rules, yeah. guys. Stop being like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But any, any, I guess we've talked about just sell the team. Andretti wants to move in. We've talked about the value a team adds to the grid. And mm-hmm. I think we've landed on Alphatari doesn't really add much value. So like, just sell it to someone else. Have it be repped by someone else. I think yeah. any, any, any other sport where there's just, where there's only one team that owns another team mm-hmm. and nobody else does, I think that would be fixed pretty quickly. Like, I just don't yeah. see, I just don't see like, talk about baseball, basketball, anything like two teams that are owned by the same people competing in the same sport for the same prize. Wouldn't fly. Yeah. It wouldn't fly. Like imagine watching a baseball or a basketball game where team X and team Y are against each other and they're owned by the same people, but team X really has to win for, for Mm. whatever. There's, There's just, there's no way leagues would allow that shit because it's like a recipe for conflicts of interest at the least. So I don't know why F1 does it. I don't know why F1 is cool with it. And again, it used to be okay. It used to to not be a problem because there wasn't a cost cap and there wasn't wind tunnel time specifications. So it used to not be a problem, but it's a problem now. And I don't know. Next year is forming. No, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, to your point, next year is definitely, um, they're one of the teams that, you know, I'm very interested to see what happens there. You have... Yuki, you have Danny Ricardo, and then you've got this, let's just call it like RB19 reincarnated type of car that they're supposed to be getting. Um, And as much as like, obviously I look at this and I'm just like, this is so shady and sketchy. I'm also just like, how much are they actually going to get away with? Like, is their team going to just like suddenly jump up and again, be kind of like competing with the McLarens, the Mercedes? Like, Could you imagine? And if Zach Brown feels like this now, or if now. other team principals feel like this now, because at the end of last year, the big thing was, you know, how are they bringing this many updates with within a cost cap? Um, Six AMUS, floors. AMUS actually just put out an article about this kind of topic, where it's like team principals are really concerned, but they had mentioned like at 18 of the 22 Grand Prix, Red Bull sister team showed up with new parts eight times to such an extent that one could almost have spoken of a B, C, or D spec. The upgrade campaign resulted in a total of 65 detail changes. The subfloor alone was changed six times. That wasn't a further development, but a completely new floor six times, the competition stated based on photos. The rear ring was changed nine times. The front wing was changed five times. Um, Interventions were even made on the underside of the chassis in the front axle area. So basically, this car, throughout the season was just like completely like changed, upgraded. And we're in a cost cap era. So people, of course, are like, how are you changing your floor six times? You know, how are you able to afford this much development in a season? Really the second half of the season, to be honest. And it's just like, it just raises so many questions and so many like 
alarm bells of what are we dealing with? So I'm curious really, truly to see what they do next year. Does the car, is it competitive? Do they, do they just push it? Like, do they just say, fuck it, let's just make the best AlphaTauri, yeah. I guess it'll be the AT05 that we can. And Damn, just go- girl, how'd you know it was the AT05? Because we're on the AT04. <laughs> I didn't know we were on the AT04. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the I like the names of the car. I think that's like so cool that yeah. how they name the cars. But yeah, so it's just like if if that's if if we have two really competent drivers, we have basically a Red Bull next year. What are we doing? Like, what's this going to look like for everybody else? And they're not going to instill. They're not going to be competing directly with Red Bull. Not allowed. So that's. That's really, I think, where this is coming from. Um, if I was a competitor, I would feel exactly. I would. I'm sure. I'm surprised. I should say that more team principals are not actually speaking out about this the way that Zach Brown is. You know, like when do we start pushing the issue a little bit? Exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm. Re- uh, I looked up this article, um, basically talking about Avatari's upgrades and stuff, and the. Yeah. The article says, or this part, which I found very interesting to literally the point that you just spoke on, mm. AlphaTauri has taken large steps forward in the final third of the 2023 season with gradual floor updates being compounded by taking Red Bull's RB19 <laughs> rear suspension from Singapore onwards rather than its own design, mm. improving the ATO4 stability. They took a thing from Red Bull without any research or anything on their part. Right. So they didn't have to pay for that research. They didn't have to pay for the man hours. They didn't have to do Absolutely. any of that. They yeah. went to Red Bull. They grabbed the thing and it made them better. So like yeah. that was last year. Now in this off season, they're right. not going to do that. They are not going to grab right. Red Bull invested, like Red Bull R&D. They yeah. are not going <laughs> to grab RB19 parts, even though it was yeah. the best car ever. Like, yeah, shut the fuck up! I, I, and I, I don't believe you. It's crazy, and I think Horner. Uh, I, there was a quote that he said uh, somewhere that was like he anticipates this next season there's going to be a bunch of RB19 clones. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, yours, so, namely your, yeah, your <laughs> like, fucking clone. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was like, this man has, is so audacious because he'll say stuff <laughs> like that with a straight face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, amazing. it's so impressive that he can do Knowing it. that, like, he <laughs> himself runs two teams and will They're literally be, be cloning the RB19. Like, what are you talking about? That sounds like projection <laughs> to me. What are you doing? That's, that's exactly what it is. Straight that's up exactly projecting on people. Is. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> gonna have, bro, it's you. You're gonna have. You're gonna have two of them. What are you doing? Like what? Uh, so, so that's something. That's something that McLaren can't do with Mercedes. It's something Williams can't do with Mercedes. Something right. Haas can't do with Ferrari. They can't just say, "Fuck it, we're just gonna grab that piece you have there." You can't do right. that. And so, yeah. the like, that is a huge benefit with regards to money, the time that your team is taking on research, like. Mm-hmm. Whether an upgrade is going to work or not is such a such a big deal because you can spend X amount of time and money on it, and then it's like we wasted this money or like or like this was so clutch, but like mm-hmm. I'll circumvent that. I'll just see what Big Brother is doing over there, and that's it. Yeah. Um, now we're closer together geographically, so like, what if a power unit suddenly finds itself in the AlphaTauri 
offices <laughs> from the Red Bull offices. Like, it's... The, I mean, I would be curious... Yeah. I, I would be curious what the the process is, what they say their process is for keeping everything Like, what separate. actually goes into... Yeah. yeah, like, how do we actually make sure that this is Team A is separate from Team B? We don't. We know they don't. But, <laughs> you know, because uh, I did read that they were saying, like, you know, that the FIA looks into them more strictly than teams who are just, like, one-off teams. Yeah. But I'm just, like, knowing how everybody rolls, like, I don't believe that, obviously, because I just think that it's all bullshit. Like, if you're saying to me that you look at these two teams and you're like, we enforce things more strictly between them. Then how do we get what you said, where we're taking parts off the RB19 in the current season that we're in to upgrade the car? Like that doesn't sound, so either somebody's not coming through with their clipboard like y'all say they are, or these rules or the stringency doesn't actually exist. But I would be curious to see what on paper it's supposed, what is actually supposed to look like. But that requires transparency and I, you know, and and even then, like I'd be surprised. We don't really do that it, around here. Yeah. No, 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 not not in this car. Um, <laughs> but it it surprised it, it wouldn't surprise me that if they come out with like not come out, but like <laughs> if they showed it to us, it'd be more of this loose, open, ambiguous uh verbiage. Right. Where it's like there is no no definite punishment, no definite rule written anywhere. Like right. it's so unserious. Oh my god. Very unserious. The more we've talked about it during this block, like I've literally come up with new things. Like, like talking about more it questions, as a, right? Like exactly, to, exactly. Like talking about it as this, b- yeah. baseball or basketball or or like it makes. How would you have two uh, two teams competing for the same thing, owned by the same people? And then it's like to you, to your point earlier, like a value. Like I'm looking at this from okay, Formula One is becoming just huge. Huge. Yeah. We're growing the sport. You got ten teams but really nine teams. What does that look like? I mean, obviously people are still investing, people are still interested, but I'm like, over time, when this starts to become like more of a bigger issue that is constantly pressed on, what does it start to look like, you know, when you've got two teams owned by one owner? Mm-hmm. How does that bring value? Because people are going to ask, start to ask those questions because it doesn't happen in any other sport. So then it's like, oh, this is interesting. This is, is this unique to Formula One? Yes. Yep. You know, then it's like, okay, well, why would I watch this? Because you have two teams able to kind of piggyback and help each other when other you teams have examples have ready. One team of, yeah. of, t- of times where it's like very convenient for Alphatari to something happen for Red Bull. Like the, we right. have examples of that. Right. We need a little safety car triggered. Like, oh, good thing we've got two other people that we can kind of sacrifice the races to do this. So I don't know. It's just like, yeah, for value purposes. I And obviously the other thing is that they cannot compete with Red Bull. So you're not going to really see a Danny Ricardo V Max Verstappen battle or whatever, um, because that's going to slow him down. You know, we can't have that. We got to, we he got to build a gap, you know? So it's like that to me as a viewer is it, it cheapens the sport. So the perception that, you know, two teams are able to do that. It definitely makes it feel sorry to say like cheating. It just does. And I, and I think like, I'm not the only person who would feel like that. And especially new fans, people coming in who don't see this situation really in any other sport that they follow to come across it in this, it's a little bit is jarring. Like it is mm-hmm. jarring. And then next year when they're called what the racing bulls or whatever the hell, like it just 
comes becomes closer and closer and closer. And but then, but then you become yeah. raising bulls, which is something like Red Bull. But then, right, that is your brand change to get further away from Red Bull. It's calling yourself right. racing bulls. And to me, right. it's like to to your point of like value. It's like if Red Bull and AlphaTauri are, which they are owned by the same shareholders. Wouldn't it be more convenient for F1 to have new shareholders for this Andretti team, for example? Wouldn't that would literally think. be more valuable and bring more diversity? Just a, you would like, think. You would think. Because like these, like, I don't know. There's so many. It sucks because the more you and I talk about it, you and I are very like matter of fact or like we look at the scope of things and and... Yeah, you look at this, and the more you look at it, and the more you talk about it, you don't end up with more answers. You don't end up with like, okay, yeah. okay, it's I, cool. I get it. I get it now. I get it now. Hell no, yeah. I don't get it now. I have fucking questions I don't now. Get it I'm like, at all. <laughs> but mainly, my main question is truly is like, how are people just letting them get away with this? So again, it leads me back to what's happening between their team and the FIA. Yeah. Sorry, it it it. I'm trying to follow some breadcrumbs here and I'm trying to understand how you can get away with this without somebody in a governing body looking in the other direction. So that's that's all I'm saying. 100%. 100%. Unless they just got it like that and people are like, (laughs) do whatever they say. Like, I mean, but... the I don't... Like, you know it's going to happen, but I hate that F1 is so reactionary that it's almost like until the standings aren't R-B-R-B-A-T-A-T. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't think anybody else will raise hell. Like, I don't think anybody else is going to come out with a Zach Brown letter until, yeah, oh, yeah. until like we're at a point where we're suffering the consequences and not preemptively looking at the con- yeah. like at what can happen. I give it like half a season. If AlphaTauri sucks, Mid-season, everybody forgets yeah. about it. We'll see. AlphaTauri doesn't suck. We're going to be talking about this again. Yeah. I mean, I just think Danny in a, in a car that's going to be much better developed, Yuki in a better developed, developed car, I think they're going to be problems for people. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I give it like half a season, I think. I'm curious to see how that the first part of the season plays out from a lot of different standpoints. But yeah, specifically that one. I know um, Danny Rick, when he was doing his um, his comeback where he did that test with Red Bull to see if he was going to mm-hmm. come back. He drove the RB19 and he said he was like very close to Max's pole position time yeah. in that same circuit. Like, if that's true, then what you said with regards to like Yuki and Danny being a problem, like how does that, like that will happen. Right. Like, because they're going to have a, like a very close RB19. Yeah. If you... It, Fun if, times. If, <laughs> if I blame if I blame the FIA with with Alphatari Red Bull, if I blame them for cheating, mm-hmm. it's the FIA's fault for being like the FIA created the conditions for me to be mm-hmm. able to call you a cheater. If right. you never cheat and I call you a cheat, then you'd be like, Mario, you're wrong. Right. But like with this situation being as it is, the FIA can tell us, no, we check everything. You're wrong. Right. And we'd be like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you at all. But that's the benefit of not having anybody to scrutinize you as the governing body. So, mm-hmm. you know, crazy shit can go on and you can allow it. Uh, I think it would be a weird hill 
for anybody to die on, which is why, again, I always say like, you know, somebody knows something. Uh, I will be very curious if there's ever whistleblowers in this sport. Money stops flowing. Who starts talking kind of thing. Because I just don't feel like this is something that you just do for funsy. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's an exchange of something. And um, yeah, that's my that's always been my biggest question. Like you everything you read, you're like, okay, so if you can do this, who's allowing that to happen? And if they're allowing that to happen, why is that possible? Do you know what I'm saying? What would make me allow somebody to do something like that? Like what would be so you have to receive something. There has to be compensation. That's where I start to go with my questions. It's never like I read an article and I'm like, okay, that was fun. You know, store that, file that away for later. Now I'm like, okay, what's ha- what's really happening? What's really going on? So, yeah. Top it all off with... Super sleuth. <laughs> AT, Alpha Tari hiring the, the, the XF1, XFIA guy. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, there's so many questions. Yeah. But then also like Christian Horner being in charge of both teams, really, and and Marco. So like, even though... By the way, I'm sorry Marco Marco is listed as an official consultant for both teams. Right. So it's like, even though there's team principals for that team, they're not really making decisions for that team. So I feel like that's the other question I have is like, if you know in the background that it's it's this big incestuous whatever situation on the surface why would you not make it at least appear legit let jean tot make decisions for the drivers for the team or whoever's going to be the team principal make those decisions on the surface level make it at least seem like it's his idea right because like when he's saying something opposite to you marco and you horner like and he's the guy who's supposed to be running the team you know and then you see the things that horner and marco are saying happen yeah. Um, so it's just like, to me, I'm like, that again, I'm just like, why not make it look legitimate? Even if it's not on the books, why not make it look legitimate to people watching at home? Why you gotta do your your crimes in 4K? I don't get it. It's stupid. I don't get it. Uh, we gotta, oh, sell that team already. <laughs> For what it's worth, I've read the, I read the Peter Bayer interview and stuff, and he mm-hmm. said that the uh, shareholders guaranteed that they won't sell. Okay. So there's that. Um, I think we've gotten to. I I think we've gotten to an interesting. (laughs) We we did arrive at an interesting place, which is the FIA. The system made this possible. Mm -hmm. So, like, I can't be mad at Horner, Avatari, or Red Bull without being mad at the FIA for not clearly stating in their guidelines that this is a no go. I mean, or that they're all like complicit in it. I don't think exactly. It's or yeah, I think you, it ex- the system exists for their benefit. And mm-hmm. I mean, the last two seasons alone, pretty beneficial. Kind of yeah, make that apparent. So yeah, I don't think it's blame FIA or or blame Red Bull or what. I think it's just all. But I, again, it's this whole boys club thing. I think all of the whole thing just needs to be reevaluated. Like yeah. If that's what y'all do, like, I guess for me, it's just like, if that's what y'all do in your time, like, if that's truly how you want to run the sport, fine. But on the, don't try to make it seem like this, it's this competitive thing then, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't try to make it seem like, you know, everybody's really competing on a, on a, on a, on a equal field. level. If, yeah. If in the back end, it's just going to be a bunch of like shady, uh, you know, deals done over, over drinks and stuff like, or at mm-hmm. the golf course, like if that's really what's happening, then just like own that. 
and don't try to make it seem like it's a, an actual sport because other sports don't have this problem. And I'm sure shady shit goes on behind the scenes there as well. But on the surface level, we don't really see that, you know? Like, I have not Brown dug letter, this much into, yeah. A Zach Brown letter criticizing this, like, being a new person in the sport, mm-hmm. and you see someone as prominent as Zach Brown in the sport, like, mention this thing, then you're immediately immediately jarred at like wait so like this team has four cars and these other teams have two cars like right why is that a thing it's such an easy thing to fix it's such an easy yeah. thing to fix um any any last comments on alphatari and red bull no it's it's, it's super interesting <laughs> i i dove into this thing and i looked for all info and i looked at the history of alphatari yeah. and i and they haven't been better than Red Bull ever. And I don't think that's something that is feasible yeah. while being part of, while being with <clears throat> Red Bull. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, a, I would die. I would die for the first three races of the season to Alpha Tari be first and second and see what Red Bull does. Like, I, w- I would die. Oh, no, like, I don't think that would happen. Red, Red, Bull, mean, will sh- Red Bull would, shoot, with, would shoot the tires mm-hmm. with a nail gun and be like, we can do that. It's our team. <laughs> they can't be mad same team all right nah it doesn't it doesn't make sense uh and it's a really bad look unserious look with the sport um yeah I, yeah can't be convinced of no cheating as long as that exists you have to, yeah. like that has to be dissolved for me to be like all right no more cheating there's probably gonna be cheating burden of that. proof is on them like, like i'm need to saying see some proof, i'm saying you know don't, don't make it yeah whatever um, <laughs> if you're still here listening thank you so much remember if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts leave those five stars and the reviews and the haikus um, if you are on YouTube make sure to like subscribe and comment leave a comment let us know what you think about this Alphatari Rebel situation let us know what you thought about the Zach Brown letter let us know what else what you thought about Lewis Hamilton's package I guess um oh <laughs> Tasha and I will be back very soon. Um, we've got some things uh, cooking, just like Alfa Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, I've been Mario. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram, Mario underscore APM. Tasha, where can the people find you? You can find me at Tasha on Twitter and on Instagram. And yeah. This I'll was fun. as well. Yeah. Um, I do not look forward to speaking about this shit when the season starts, but we probably oh, no? will. But we oh, probably yeah. will. Yeah, we oh, did. Yeah. Like, there's definitely gonna be something. It's gonna be some um, problems next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When does this come out? This comes out. Oh yeah. Okay. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Um, above everything, be safe and enjoy yourself, and don't drink and drive. And oh my god, very important. Yeah. Like don't do Uber, that. Like. Ubers are... Be careful, oh, yeah. Just be careful and stay safe. Have fun with your family. Um, yeah. Thank you to everybody. Tasha, take us away. All of that, I co-sign. Um, <laughs> Christmas, yeah. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. And no matter what happens in life, remember, keep it on the black side. Bye. Bye. <laughs>